Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Charts with Dan. We are in the afternoon this week because of those crazy Oscar nominations that came out this morning. Can you believe? I'm just kidding. I have no idea who the Oscar nominees are because I'm filming this on Monday night before I get up Tuesday morning to do the Oscar video. So we may very well be talking about a few of the Oscar nominees here on this episode. We just don't quite know yet. But let's forget all that and pretend like we already know what happened this morning with the Oscar nominations. And let's talk about the box office. We have Avatar The Way of Water. We have Puss in Boots The Last Wish, two December releases that are still being heard in late January. So much to get to. Before we do any of that, though, I want to thank, as always, my partner here on the show, Carbon Health. It is late January, but that does not mean that we're out of cold and flu season just yet, and you still can go get your flu shot at any Carbon Health location, as well as so many other services. If you're in California or Massachusetts, Carbon Health could be your primary health care provider. All you have to do is download the Carbon Health app, see if there's a location near you, and even if there isn't, you can use the Carbon Health app to do telehealth if you can't make it to a physical location. I'm a big fan of Carbon Health and what they're here to do, which is to make health care as affordable as possible for as many people people as possible and accessible to as many people as possible. So be sure to check out that Carbon Health app. And thank you as always to Carbon Health for being my partner here on Charts with Dan. And let's look at the box office for this past weekend as we start getting into almost February. That is hard to believe. No surprise here at number one was Avatar The Way of Water in its sixth week, a 38.7% drop from last week. Much more to come on Avatar The Way of Water and some big milestones later on. Puss in Boots The Last Wish actually moves up one spot to number two, second place for the weekend, and that's because it dropped just 18.4% in its fifth week of release for an $11.8 million total. We'll also be talking a lot more about Puss in Boots The Last Wish in just a moment. Megan is at number three in its third week with a 47% drop. Again, a good drop for a movie that's in the horror genre, $9.7 million. The big question now, will it have the staying power to get to $100 million domestically? Missing, the newest film in the screen life genre, debuts at number four with $9.1 million, followed by A Man Called Otto, which also holds well in its fourth week of release, 31.4% drop for a total of $8.8 million. In sixth place, dropping less than 50%, the latest Jared Butler film along with Mike Coulter playing $5.2 million in its second weekend. House Party 2023 did not fare as well. It drops 58.1% from an already low debut in its second weekend for a $1.6 million total. One of the most complicated movie titles that I can remember, that time I got reincarnated as a slime, the movie Scarlet Bond. I feel like you don't even have to describe the plot at this point. Crunchyroll put it in over a thousand theaters and it debuts to over $1.4 million in eighth place. Black Panther Wakanda Forever stays in the top 10 in its 11th week of release, a 44.7% drop and a $1.3 million total. And The Whale starring perhaps, I would say likely Oscar nominee, Brendan Fraser, who knows at this point, perhaps. Perhaps the whale itself has been nominated for Best Picture. 15.5% drop in its seventh week of release for a $1.2 million total. Two new movies in the top 10 means that two movies dropped out of the top 10. The Whitney Houston biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody, out of the top 10 after four weeks. And Walter Virea from India, out of the top 10 after just one 
one week. Looking at the road to recovery, you see the blue line there. That's the average from 2015 to 2019 pre-pandemic. The red line is the 2021 to 2022 average from after theaters were reopened. And then we have this year. And as you can see, we took a decline from last weekend with the dotted black line right in the middle. But we are still pretty much right in the middle between blue and red, between where we were before the pandemic and where we've been since theaters reopened. Now, the big thing to look for in about three or four weeks is the spike if we get one with the opening of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumania will also have some other films coming out. Really, it's a pretty packed year. So it's going to be interesting to see what that dotted black line does in comparison to both the 2021-2022 red line there and then the pre-pandemic average blue line there. Hoping to see it get a lot more closer to the blue than to the red this year. So we've talked so much about Avatar The Way of Water and we have a lot to talk about with it again. But it's been sucking up all the ink, so to speak, here on Charts with Dan that I haven't talked that much about Puss in Boots The Last Wish. And it has really quietly been doing some very impressive things at the box office. It opened uh, okay right around Christmas, but it has been hanging around since then. It's been a big hit on social media. It's been a big word of mouth hit, and people are still going to see it. It took the number two spot this weekend at the box office. So let's dig a little deeper into the box office performance of Puss in Boots The Last Wish. And I mentioned that it's improved on its opening. When you look at the updated numbers for films that opened in 2022, Puss in Boots The Last Wish actually has the second best legs of any film released last year. When I say legs, it means that you look at the opening weekend, or in this case, the opening weekend in wide release of a movie, then what its current box office total is. However many times that opening weekend your movie's able to get to, that's the legs. So basically right now, Puss in Boots The Last Wish has a total domestic gross 10.2 times higher than its opening weekend. And you can see that it is really threatening everything everywhere all at once to become the leggiest movie of 2022. It's basically right there, perhaps fitting since Puss in Boots has four legs, even though he only walks on two. Top Gun Maverick and Where the Crawdads Sing and Elvis are numbers three, four, and five. But I'm also keeping an eye on Avatar The Way of Water because it is also threatening, even though it opened over $100 million, to jump on this chart and bump Elvis out of the top five. So even though 2022 is over, the box office stories of some of the movies that opened last year do not yet have endings. Something else I wanted to note with Puss in Boots The Last Wish is how similar it is to another box office phenomenon. And I think the reason that I haven't really been talking about it, and maybe not everybody else has, is because Avatar casts such a big shadow. But if you remember, about five years ago, on a completely different channel, I was doing box office every week, and I was tracking one specific movie that was doing incredible things from week to week that I think if Avatar weren't there, I would have been focusing on a lot more with Puss in Boots The Last Wish, and that is The Greatest Showman, which was a word-of-mouth hit after a so-so opening. And when you look at the two numbers side by side, the similarities are striking. First of all, they opened in basically the same window. Puss in Boots The Last Wish opened on December 21st, 2022. It basically had a five-day open. December 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th. The Greatest Showman also opening on a Wednesday, also having basically a five-day opening. And when you look at their numbers, they were pretty similar. Through five days, Puss in Boots The Last Wish had earned $18.5 million. Through its first five days, The Greatest Showman had earned $13.4 million, which when you adjust for inflation is just over $16 million. Then you look at the drops from week to week. In its second weekend, Puss in Boots didn't drop at all. It actually improved by 35%. The Greatest Showman improved even 
more. It had a 76% increase in business in weekend two. When you get to weekend three, Puss in Boots dropped 19%. The Greatest Showman dropped 11%. In weekend four, Puss in Boots improved by 7%. The Greatest Showman only dropped 9%. So you have single digit gains or improvements for both films. And then their fifth weekend drops were almost identical. 18% for Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, 15% for The Greatest Showman. And through 33 days in release, Puss in Boots has made $126.7 million. Through 33 days in release, The Greatest Showman had made $113.1 million, which when you adjust for inflation, is almost identical to what Puss in Boots has, about $131.8 million, about $5 million higher. And that just goes to show you the difference in narrative and even focus for me when I'm making this show, when you have a huge story like Avatar that's going on, very quietly in the background, Puss in Boots The Last Wish has been replicating one of the most remarkable box office stories from the last however many years in The Greatest Showman and what it did. So we will continue to track, and I will continue to track, what Puss in Boots The Last Wish does. It's not going to reach the heights of the other Shrek films, but it is showing phenomenal staying power at the box office, unlike almost any movie in recent memory. So we're going to keep tracking that. I have a strong suspicion that Puss in Boots The Last Wish was amongst the Oscar nominees for Best Animated Feature earlier today. If it wasn't, it was criminal, and you've probably already heard me talk about that. When we look at the domestic box office for 2022, and this is all movies released in 2022, even if their grosses bleed over into this year, you see Top Gun Maverick still number one, but Avatar The Way of Water continues to close that gap. It's now about $120 million behind Top Gun Maverick. It's just shy of the $600 million domestic mark. Black Panther Wakanda Forever has broken the $450 million mark. Everything else stays the same. You see there that number 10 slot for last year is Black Adam with $168.1 million. Puss in Boots The Last Wish is currently number 13, but it needs to make another $40.1 million or so at the box office in order to catch Black Adam and take that number 10 spot. If it does well, if it does well at the Academy Awards, if it even perhaps wins the animated feature Oscar, you could see it do that, although it's already starting to make its way onto VOD because it is through Universal and Universal has a shortened theatrical window. So we'll see if it can catch Black Adam, but it might be a tough task. Looking at Avatar The Way of Water versus the original Avatar film to try to track and see where this new film is going to end up domestically as far as box office gross. When you look at the day-to-day -day grosses unadjusted, you see that Avatar The Way of Water, which is in orange on top there, continues to track ahead of the original Avatar film. But in my mind, if you look at the end of that line graph there, around days 35, 36, 37, 38, basically the last weekend, I think that you are continuing to see a narrowing between those numbers. I don't think that The Way of Water is going to quite get to the domestic gross of the original Avatar film. Not that that makes it a failure, by the way, I just don't think it's going to quite reach those heights. So I expect those lines to converge and for the original Avatar to overtake Avatar The Way of Water at some point. And another reason why I think this is going to happen is when you look at the grosses adjusted for inflation, you really start to see some separation between the first Avatar film and Avatar The Way of Water. It's becoming very obvious that while The Way of Water is phenomenally successful, it is not going to be able to replicate a 
especially at scale, the achievements of the first Avatar film, because you see that widening of the gap when you adjust for inflation. And so then the question becomes, well, if it's not going to stack up against the original Avatar film as far as box office grosses, what is it going to equal? And what people are looking at is Top Gun Maverick. Is Avatar The Way of Water going to catch Top Gun Maverick and become the highest grossing domestic film of 2022? It's already done that worldwide. It's long in the rearview mirror. Well, let's look at the day-to-day box office when you compare Avatar The Way of Water and Top Gun Maverick. Really no adjustment for inflation needed because they both came out last year. And you can see that through the first 12, 13 days or so, it was uh, it almost looks like two fighter jets circling each other. Top Gun Maverick and Avatar The Way of Water were kind of jostling for position. Avatar The Way of Water pulled ahead of Top Gun Maverick and has had a lead for about the last 25 days. But again, I think in my mind, maybe it's just my eyes, maybe I'm weird. I think you're starting to see a narrowing at the end of this graph. I think at the end of next weekend, it should be even more pronounced. I again expect Top Gun Maverick to eventually intersect Avatar The Way of Water, and I think that it is still going to outgross it domestically. At this point, we're splitting hairs between two movies that made immense amounts of money, but that's just where I think that we're going to end up. That's not to say that the numbers that The Way of Water is putting up are anything to sneeze at. When we look at the highest grossing sixth weekends in wide release, you can see that Avatar The Way of Water is fourth, although it has fallen behind both Avatar, the original film, which is the highest grossing sixth weekend of all time at $34.9 million, and Top Gun Maverick at number two with $25.5 million. Titanic is at number three with $25.2, although if you were to adjust for inflation, Titanic would have that number one spot easily. You see Avatar The Way of Water there at number four with $20.1 million, and Black Panther at number five with just over $17 million. But there was a question that we started asking last week, which is, how much money is Avatar The Way of Water making? And I broke down the numbers, and it's something that I explained on last week's show, but I'll reiterate it here. The calculations that I'm using for this are somewhat conservative in the sense that I am probably leaving more money in the marketplace and not at the studios than is actually happening because I wanted this to sort of serve as an argument or a pushback or whatever to people saying that the movie's not making money by saying, look, even under not ideal conditions for the studio, Avatar The Way of Water is still bringing in a lot of money. So this is my, I call it the conservative market estimate. And basically this leaves a lot of money in the marketplace and also adds a lot of cost to Avatar The Way of Water. You'll see in these calculations that the studio only gets 20% of the market share from China, that's actually pretty accurate. 40% of the market share from all international markets, that's pretty accurate. And then for the purposes of this exercise, I have the studio getting a 60% share of the first week, a 55% share of the second week, and then a 50-50 share of the release from week three forward. Now this last week, I did receive a message from someone who I verified was in a position to have access to this kind of information, that the studio was getting 65% of the box office cut for traditional exhibition, meaning non-IMAX. So there's no rotating scale. 65% of the box office gross goes to the studio for the entire structure of Avatar The Way of Water domestically, no questions asked. Now this person could not verify whether there was a different agreement in place 
with IMAX. So we're gonna look at that number in just a moment, but that just kind of underscores that this is probably less money than is actually going back to the studio in reality. This is kind of a worst case scenario for the studio. So keeping that in mind, when you look at the calculations based on what I did last week, giving the movie a budget of $400 million, which is a little higher than some sources have it, and a prints and advertising budget of $250 million, also a little higher than some folks have it, that brings the cost of Avatar The Way of Water to $650 million. When you calculate all those shares coming in from the different markets, it's an income of $944 million minus those $650 million costs. And that gives you a profit right now of just under $300 million. And let's say that the studio was bringing in this amount of money. That's basically what Disney cleared right now if Avatar didn't make any more money on Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. They made about $300 million in profit. Of course, the difference being that Avatar is going to keep making money. But what would the profits look like if the cut for all domestic exhibition was 65% as my source indicated? Let's say that 65% cut is also in place for IMAX. And if the budget and the prints and advertising costs were just a little bit lower, you can see how drastic the changes would be. So this is sort of a best case scenario run of these numbers. Still 20% of the Chinese market going to the studio, still 40% of the international market going to the studio. But you see here domestically a flat 65% share going Going to the studio and then I downgraded the numbers for the budget and prints and advertising so budget down to 350 million dollars that has been a figure that's been reported before prints and advertising budget down to 200 million dollars that's also what's been reported and it's what Disney spent to promote Avengers Endgame that brings the cost down to 550 million dollars and when you adjust based on these numbers that brings the income at just over a billion dollars the costs at 550 million dollars and the profit comes in at 450 million dollars which for reference is more than Warner Brothers cleared on Joker and Disney cleared on Captain Marvel. So where does this lie? I think it's probably in the middle. I think we're probably looking at around a 350 to $400 million profit so far on Avatar The Way of Water. The point of the matter is that no matter which one of these calculations is right, the movie is making hundreds of millions of dollars in gross profit. Now, profit participants and everything, there's money that still has to come out of that. But Avatar is generating an incredibly large amount of money. That's basically what I'm saying. And for people that are saying otherwise, I really don't know how you can cling to that argument at this point because the movie just keeps going like so many other James Cameron movies that we've seen in the past. We'll have a little bit more to talk about with Avatar in just a few minutes, but before that, I want to look at one other thing, which is I mentioned that Missing opened in the top five, and it's part of this genre, or some might even call a, a medium called Screen Life, which is a movie that takes place entirely on a computer screen. You're seeing apps and things opening and closing, and actually Missing put up the second best opening ever for a movie in that format. Unfriended has the highest domestic opening for a Screen Life film with $15.8 million. Then you see Missing at 9.1 million. It actually topped its predecessor, which was Searching. It did one weekend in limited release in its wide release. It made just over $6 million. By the way, I enjoyed both Searching and Missing. I thought they're both solid movies. Unfriended Dark Web comes in fourth place with $3.6 million. And then we have a pretty big drop off to the opening of Profile, which came out as theaters were still getting back on their feet. A $730,000 opening for that. I think it's a very interesting format. Sometimes it works better than other times. But if you didn't see Missing and you're on the fence about it, I would definitely recommend it. Before we move on, I want to thank one of our sponsors this week. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. The beginning of a new year is often about finding that best version of yourself, but it's easy 
easy to lose track of how to do that. I know the day-to-day -day of running this channel means that I sometimes lose focus on myself and what's best for my own well-being and who I want to be. Therapy is something I've been interested in trying for a while now, and that's why I was happy when BetterHelp came on board as a sponsor for the channel. I jumped at the chance to start using the service, and I've already had a great session with a therapist that was recommended based specifically on my goals and needs. Mental health is something that many people aren't comfortable talking about publicly, but it is so important. It's not just for people that are going through a difficult or a traumatic time. I found that everyday stress can add up, and BetterHelp has already been useful to talk about some of that with a professional. BetterHelp is entirely online, flexible to your schedule, and convenient. After filling out a brief questionnaire, you'll be matched with a licensed therapist, and if you'd like to switch therapists, you can do so at any time free of charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Merle today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Merle. Let's look at the per theater averages for this past weekend. Avatar The Way of Water was at number one, $5,300 per theater. Its theater count is actually shrinking right now. It gave up a couple hundred theaters. It's in 3,790 theaters. Cat Daddies, which is a documentary that you've seen on this show before, is back on the chart playing in five theaters with a $3,629 per theater average. Puss in Boots The Last Wish comes in behind Cat Daddies. That's pretty appropriate. And 3,600 theaters with a $3,269 per theater average only in theaters which is a movie about the lemley family the lemley family owns a very famous chain of theaters in los angeles playing in one theater i would wager that it's probably a lemley theater bringing in three thousand one hundred ninety seven dollars in that one theater and then in fifth place no bears from iranian filmmaker jafar panahi we've talked about it a couple times on the show already just over three thousand dollars in six theaters looking at movies that were in limited release meaning one thousand theaters or fewer skinnamarink is at number one with $438,000, a slight expansion from last week in over 800 theaters. Women Talking at number two, again, another movie that as we're sitting here may well have gotten multiple Oscar nominations, 153 theaters and a $378,000 total. The Sun had a big expansion into 554 theaters and didn't make a massive splash, $213,000 total in those theaters. Walter Viraya is a movie that did not have an official reporting for box office. I was able to track down a source that gave its weekend total at $202,000. That's an unconfirmed total. And then Broker at number five with $145,605. And I've said this many times on the show before, uh, but it is a consistent comment that I get about the box office results from India. When I do the limited release films or the specialty release of the per theater average, I will almost always get a tweet or a message or something saying, well, you left out this film from India, you left out that film from India. And I'll just kind of reiterate what I've always said, which is that it is exceedingly difficult to find confirmable real-time box office updates for films that are in the Indian market, whether they're playing domestically or in India. I had somebody message me with a few different resources uh, last week. There was like six or seven of them, and they're great resources, but all of them had different information. Some of them had Friday numbers and Sunday numbers, but no Saturday numbers. Very few of them had the entire weekend. I appreciate that there are so many people watching the show uh, that want to know about films from India, uh, but the fact of the matter is that even with the resources that people 
people have sent and I'm very appreciative for that. The information is still very hard to track down, sometimes hard to convert with the currency and all of the different translations and languages. I promise you that I'm doing the absolute best that I can to provide accurate information about Indian releases. It's just very hard to gather, especially as I'm looking at it as other box office results are coming in. So just kind of a, a blanket statement, and I'm sure I'll have to make it again, that when it comes to films from India, I do my best, but it is not always possible for me to get those box office updates in time to do the show. Let's look at the top 10 grocers in limited release. Again, 1,000 theaters or fewer for 2023. These are calendar grosses, meaning no matter when the movie came out, you'll see their gross listed here. A Man Called Autos at number one. It made $6.2 million before its expansion into wide release, so it's frozen there. The Whale is at number two. It eventually moved to wide release, but it made $3.9 million this calendar year. Good enough for number two. Walter Viraya, again, an unconfirmed total there at number three at $2.25 million. Skinamarink is at number four at $1.4 million. Women Talking is close to breaking that $1 million barrier this year. It's at number five. Broker moves up two spots to number six, $795,000. The Devil Conspiracy moves down one. Corsage moves down one. The Banshees of Sharon actually comes back onto the chart as some theaters have started playing it again as the Oscar nominations get close. And then Bill Nye in Living is on the chart with just over $330,000. $33,000 at number 10. Dropping off the chart are Empire of Light and Sheen Ultraman, which is actually on this chart last week, but should not have been because it was in over 1,000 theaters. That's a mistake on my part. And this chart reflects the reality as if Sheen Ultraman was never on the limited release chart. Looking at the 2023 domestic winter slash spring box office, these are all movies that were released in 2023 in over 300 theaters. Megan is number one with $73.1 million, followed by Plane with $19.5 million. Missing debuts at number three on the chart with $9.1 million. House Party moves down one spot to number four. Walter Viraya at number five. Again, that's an unconfirmed total. Skinamarink moves down one spot to number six. That time I got reincarnated as a slime enters the chart at number six. Seven. The Devil Conspiracy moves down one spot to number eight. Sheen Ultraman drops down one spot to number nine. And The Sun enters the chart at number 10. And we now have a full top 10 for the Winter Spring box office. So we will now be playing in that sandbox for the next few months. Looking at the 2023 domestic box office by calendar gross. So these are all ticket sales from January 1st onward, regardless of when the movie was released. Avatar The Way of Water, of course, the highest grossing film of 2023 calendar year. $197.4 million earned this year. Megan is at number two with $73.1 million, but look at Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I think it's probably going to overtake Megan by next week. It's currently at number three with $71.1 million earned in 2023. A Man Called Autos at number four with $35.1 million. Plane moves up one spot to number five. Black Panther Wakanda Forever drops down one spot to number six. I Want to Dance with Somebody's at number seven. Missing debuts on the chart at number eight. The Whale drops down one spot to number nine. House Party is at number 10, and Babylon drops off the 2023 domestic calendar box office chart, probably the only box office chart it was ever listed on. 
Let's look now at the top five movies internationally outside of the domestic marketplace. And you're going to see a lot of movies from the Chinese market here because the Chinese New Year kicked off this past weekend. It is the biggest movie time of the year in the Chinese market, even if it is still a bit muted compared to what we may have seen due to COVID-19 and the ongoing pandemic. But still, you see the number one movie internationally is The Wandering Earth 2, which is a sequel to 2019's The Wandering Earth, which is a movie about attaching engines to the planet and moving it away from the dying sun. We avoided a collision with Jupiter in the first film, so I can only assume that we keep going in The Wandering Earth 2. Full River Red is at number two with $58.9 million. This is a mystery film from director Zhang Yimou, who brought us Hero and House of Flying Daggers and many, many other films. Perhaps a testament to the strength of Avatar The Way of Water is, first of all, that it's at number three with $56.3 million, and that China granted Avatar The Way of Water an extension to stay in theaters during the Chinese New Year box office season. And this is what's really surprising because usually China completely purges its market of all Hollywood films because they want the Chinese money coming in during the Chinese New Year season to be going to Chinese films. And the fact that they allowed Avatar to stay in theaters says a couple things. Number one, that they have faith in the movie and that it's a hit in China. Number two, that they probably want that box office income coming in because the vast majority of that money goes to the Chinese theaters and does not come back to the studio. So this really is a sign more than anything that China really wants to goose their theatrical market any way possible, including keeping a big movie from the United States like Avatar The Way of Water in theaters. Of course, that only works great for Avatar because it keeps racking up money and it's doing well in China after a slow start. At number four is a film called Hidden Blade. It is, as you often see during the Chinese New Year season, a historical drama about the communist party in China. Tony Leung is one of the stars of that film. And then at number five is Boonie Bears Guardian Code. It is the ninth Boonie Bears animated film. It is a reliable franchise in the Chinese market and one that you see often, especially during this box office period. So when you take the international numbers, you combine them with the domestic numbers, we get our top five films worldwide. And even though China had a very strong showing, Avatar The Way of Water remains the number one movie in the world with another seven. $76.4 million over the past weekend. The Wandering Earth 2 comes in at $69.3 million. It's actually probably a little bit higher because it did also open in some theaters here in the United States. I could not find any box office numbers for that. So it's probably over $70 million, but I don't know exactly what that number is. I only have the number from its opening in China. Full River Reds at number three with $58.9 million. Puss in Boots The Last Wish is at number four with $29.5 million. And Megan is at number five with 20.5 million. When we look at the 2022 worldwide box office, I will list the 2023 worldwide box office probably next week. I wanted to sort of let it populate with a few releases first. The reason I'm showing you this chart though is because Avatar The Way of Water has breached the $2 billion barrier. You see it there at the top of the chart. It's now outgrossed Top Gun Maverick by over half a billion dollars, over $2 billion worldwide now. When we look at the highest grossing films worldwide of all time, it is now past Spider-Man No Way Home. 
film. So it is officially the highest grossing worldwide film post 2020 at over $2 billion. And when you look at those totals by next week, it's going to be the fourth highest grossing film of all time because it's going to pass Avengers Infinity War. It's going to pass Star Wars The Force Awakens. And James Cameron will have three of the top four highest grossing films of all time. He will have directed three of the six movies that have broken $2 billion worldwide. And by the way, Titanic is going to get a boost of some sort this year because it's also coming back to theaters. So in case there was any doubt about James Cameron's place in box office history, especially on a worldwide scale, I really don't think there's any argument right now that he is the most successful director of all time financially worldwide. You really can't argue with the numbers that his films have put up. Before we look at what people are watching at home, I always like to take a minute and look at a weekend in box office history, and we are going back to the year 1996, the third weekend of the year, January 19th through the 21st, so an almost identical calendar span than we just saw, and that saw the debut of From Dusk Till Dawn from an emerging at that time director, Robert Rodriguez, starring George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino, $10.2 million, good enough for a number one debut, Mr. Holland's Opus, which I believe by Box office data is a little sketchy. I believe this was its first weekend in wide release, $9.2 million, so just missing out on that number one spot. And I have some interesting trivia about this movie in just a few minutes. 12 Monkeys is at number three in its fourth week of release, a 46% drop and a $6.1 million total, followed by Sally Field Revenge Drama Eye for an Eye in its second week, 31% drop and a $5.4 million total. And then at number five, Jack Lemon, Walter Matthau, and Margaret Sophia Loren, Grumpier old men in its fifth week of release a 33 percent drop for a total of just over five million dollars but because this is a look at history i also like to see what it would look like in today's dollars which means that when we do these box office flashbacks we hit the inflation button and when we hit the inflation button on this weekend from dust till dawn takes the number one spot at 19.1 million dollars followed by mr holland's opus at 17.2 million 12 monkeys in week four at 11.5 million eye for an eye in week two at 10.1 million and grumpy old men in week five at 9.4 million. Before we go, let's look at what people are watching through various different streaming services at home. Although I have to say I am short Nielsen ratings this week because Nielsen just didn't put them out today. I, I don't know why. There's no explanation. I didn't see any excuse. It's weird because there was a holiday last week and they did put them out. And then we just had a regular old Monday today and no Nielsen streaming ratings. So I guess I'll have to catch up with that next week. Sorry about that. But let's look at what people are watching through the iTunes store. At number one is Puss in Boots The Last Wish, which is doing well in theaters and is also available for purchase and premium video on demand. So if people choose to watch it at home, they can. At number two is Ticket to Paradise, available for purchase and rent. The menu hitting this chart, now available for purchase and rental at $3.99 on the iTunes chart. Perhaps that's why it's so high. Also, because it's a really good movie. Black Adam also hitting the chart, now available for rental and purchase. Tar, which I believe is probably also a multi-Oscar nominee by this point, available for purchase and rental, good enough for number five on the chart. Triangle of Sadness is at number six, available for purchase and rental. Dolly DeLeon, a big buzzy name, perhaps in the Best Supporting Actress race. I hope so. I'm rooting for her. I'm either going to be happy or disappointed as you're watching this. A Mel Gibson movie that's going straight to video release is On the Line. It's available right now for purchase and rental. Top Gun Maverick is at number eight as it stays on the chart. The Woman King is at number nine, available for purchase and rental. And The Fablemans now still only available for purchase for another couple of weeks, but still getting enough buyers, good enough for number 10.
Let's look at the most watched programs on Netflix for the week of January 9th through the 15th. Now this is using a custom metric that I've invented called PFV or potential finished views. I basically take the number of hours watched for a program, the length of that program and divide those numbers. And that gives me the number of people that could potentially have finished viewing that series or movie. It just kind of helps putting movies and TV shows on the same footing when it comes to Netflix. And using that PFV number, the pale blue eye remains at the top of the charts with a PFV of 18.3. Jenny and Georgia season two also right up there at top with a PFE of 17.35. The hatchet wielding hitchhiker, a big hit as far as PFE numbers go with a PFE of 15.09. If you remember that viral video about the guy uh, describing the hatchet attack, some dark days ahead for him because he went on to be a murder defendant. I did not know that. I just remember that viral video about 10 years ago. So I have to check that out. At number four is a movie called Dog Gone. It's a movie starring Rob Lowe about a dog that's gone. Dog Gone is from director Stephen Herrick, who directed Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, The Mighty Ducks, the live-action 101 Dalmatians in 1996, and Mr. Holland's Opus, which was just on our flashback chart. At number five is Wednesday Season 1, still chugging along in the top five. Vikings Valhalla Season 2, enters the chart at number six with a PFE of 8.44. Glass Onion staying in the top 10 as well, just behind Vikings with a PFE of 8.43. Kaleidoscope at number eight. Ginny and Georgia season one. Apparently enough people watching season two, they wanted to catch up on everything. It has a PFE of 6.76. And Woman of the Dead season one at number 10. That is a Netflix original series that comes to us from Germany. Looking at the most watched Netflix programs released in 2022, we had a little bit of movement. Troll, the the Netflix original movie, again, it's an import, jumps up to number nine, dropping the Sea Beast to number 10. Glass Onion moves up one spot to number six, which drops Dahmer Monster down one spot to number seven. And then the top five remains the same, Purple Hearts, The Gray Man, Stranger Things 4, and The Adam Project. But look at the numbers that Wednesday season one continues to rack up. A PFE of 238.6. The closest competition in 2022 is The Adam Project, which had a PFE of 140. 47.2. And when we look at the highest numbers for any program since Netflix started reporting this back in June of 2021, we also have a couple of big changes. First of all, Glass Onion jumps onto this list as one of the 10 most watched Netflix programs since June of 2021. It drops The Unforgivable down one spot to number 10 and Dahmer Monster off the list completely. And then you see that Wednesday has now overtaken Red Notice to become the second most watched Netflix program since June of 2021. Red Notice now at number three. Wednesday now at number two. Will it be able to catch up to Squid Game Season 1? It's got about 41 PFV points left to do it. I don't know if it's going to, but the fact that it is even challenging Squid Game at this point is really impressive. Just a phenomenally successful show for Netflix in a way that I don't know if they anticipated it. I mean, look at the PFV number even for Stranger Things 4, which is like Netflix's banner show it's a great PFV, 145.5. Wednesday's blowing it out of the water over there at 238.6. It just goes to show you never really can plan or even know which shows are going to be the biggest breakouts. And with no Nielsen numbers, that pretty much does it for this week's charts with Dan. There are no major wide releases coming out theatrically this weekend, so some people might say, oh, there's not much going on. There's actually a lot going on. It's a very interesting week and weekend coming up, just not in the traditional movie 
movie sense. First of all, tomorrow on Wednesday, in conjunction with Indian Republic Day, Pathan is being released worldwide. It is a hugely hyped release in India. It's getting a day and date release here in the United States, and I think that we'll probably be seeing it both on the worldwide charts and the domestic charts in the next week or two. Then on Thursday on Paramount Plus, Teen Wolf the movie debuts, the spin-off movie of the popular MTV show. Also on Thursday, premiering on Peacock, is a limited series called Poker Face, which stars Natasha Lyonne and is the brainchild of Ryan Johnson, who also wrote the series and directed some of the episodes. So if you like Glass Onion, if you like that mystery genre, well, Ryan Johnson has a limited series also debuting on Peacock this week. On Friday is the Kenya Barris feature debut film, You People, co-starring Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill. I really like the look of the trailer. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get a screener of it ahead of time. I asked, but haven't heard back, but I'll probably be reviewing it here on the channel this week because it looks really funny. Shotgun Wedding is also debuting on Friday on Amazon Prime Video, starring Jennifer Lopez, Josh Dumel, and Jennifer Coolidge. This is from Pitch Perfect director and Arkansas native Jason Moore, and that's got kind of a buzzy trailer thing going on. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but if you've been looking forward to that movie, it comes out this week. Also on Friday, Lockwood and Company Season 1 debuts on Netflix. This is an adaptation of the book series, and it's written by Joe Cornish, who did Attack the Block, among many other things. Shrinking Season 1 debuts on Friday on Apple TV+. This series comes from Bill Lawrence, who created Ted Lasso, Brett Goldstein, who you know as Roy Kent on Ted Lasso, and Jason Segel, with Jason Segel co-starring with Harrison Ford on the show. And then in limited release this weekend is a movie called Close, which won the Grand Prix, which is basically the second prize at Cannes last year. It's Belgium's official entry for the Best International Feature Oscar, and it may very well be an Oscar nominee by the time you're listening to this. So you can catch that in limited release this weekend. So lots of very different things available in theaters and on streaming services this week. Which one do you plan on checking out? Let me know down in the comments below, and let me know what you thought of the Oscar nominations, which you can find a video right here on this channel where I'm reacting to them. It's weird. They're in the past from when you're watching this video, but they're in the future for me. But I'm sure some crazy stuff happened because crazy stuff always happens. We will look at the movies that were nominated next week and see what box office ramifications might be there. Of course, we'll also be talking about the latest Puss in Boots news and Avatar The Way of Water and all these interesting box office stories because I just can't help myself. Thank you so much for watching the show. Thank you to BetterHelp, my sponsor for this show, and of course, my partners here on Charts with Dan, as always, Carbon Health. And thank you for watching. I'll be back very soon with more box office news, reviews, and more. Until then, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.